It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Uh, welcome to Quantum number 259, Quantum podcast that looks at news and views from throughout the world from a Christian perspective, but open to all. And a little bit of follow-up from last week, but first of all, uh, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of groups, and it kind of shows the variety of the people who listen. I was speaking at the New South Wales uh, Christian Assembly Young Adults Conference at the weekend up in the Blue Mountains, and uh young adult Chinese, and it was just so good to be with you. Uh, so many of you told me that you listened to this. Uh, I loved being with you. I honestly uh, didn't feel worthy to be there. I was so impressed by you, and uh, thanks for for listening to this and the encouragement you've given, and may God bless you. And then let's just go over to the other side of the world, to the highlands of Scotland, a place called the Black Isle, Ferintosh and Rizolis Free Church. Your minister, Callum Ian, was with us with his wife and daughter in Sydney this week. And we had a lovely time of fellowship with them. And again, uh, how lovely it is to hear that some of you listen to this. And can I again uh, thank those of you who put reviews on Apple or whatever podcast user you use it really does help we're trying to grow the podcast now we're looking at ways to develop it and change it and um we're getting there but i mentioned last week misinformation i do want to say something about that my intention is not to misinform in anything so i really appreciate when i get something wrong when i pick something up that hasn't turned out to be true and so on And I want to try and just help us think through things. And it doesn't really help if the information that's given is false. So please let me know when I get something wrong or report something which is fake. Now, North Korea, we mentioned North Korea last week. Um, Just listen to this. North Korea says it will execute citizens for using these phrases. In a new law claiming to purify the Korean dialect, Kim Jong-un says that citizens caught using South Korean expressions or accents could be killed. The law, called the Pyongyang Cultural Language Protection Act, was enacted in May and calls for the death penalty for anyone who uses newly coined terms from South Korea, which the state called puppet language. According to a report from Radio Free Asia, North Korean women are prohibited from using terms like jagia or oppa to refer to their husbands or boyfriends. Instead, they are required to use the term dongji, meaning comrade. North Koreans are also expected to avoid South Korean words derived from English, including pasion, fashion, and waipu, wife. In April of this year, it was reported that 20 North Korean athletes were sentenced to hard labor in prison camps for up to five years after they were caught using South Korean vocabulary during a word game. Now, we may be shocked at that. We may say it's just incredible that going to jail or even being executed for using wrong language. But although it's not the same and to a substantial degree, much lesser. Nonetheless, my fear is that in Western societies, we are moving towards a more authoritarian North Korean type system. You can be prosecuted for wrong speech. 
you can for misgendering someone, for saying things that people perceive uh, not to be right. And uh, as we pointed out last week, if the new Australian law goes through and other laws in other countries like Ireland and Canada may well follow or are already there, then uh, you can be prevented from airing your views if they are considered to be harmful to the government or to anyone. And it is very dangerous. And that's why we do need um, the sound, is why we do need freedom. Speaking of which, we're going to the sound of freedom. Here is uh, a song to introduce that. That's Phil the Voice, a stop the traffic. Uh, he he is, or that traffic. He's a survivor of child abuse. He's a rapper. And he shares uh, on social media that his song is dedicated to the 1100 boys traffic daily. Um, his wife, Melanie, went to Greece and Spain to help Project Rescue's fight against human trafficking. Now, the issue of human trafficking has come into the news because of this. How that make you feel? Giving a child his freedom. Good. You have been at this for 12 years. My country tis of thee. Why are you doing it? Because God's children are not for sale. It is the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. For homeland security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. And, my and this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. That's the film, The Sound of Freedom. That film has certainly caused a stir. It opened over the July 4th holiday weekend and took on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, it almost beat it. Uh, 11.7 million. Uh, in fact, it did beat it for Sound of Freedom to 11.5 million take to uh, the Indiana Jones thing. Now, it's possible that this is a, I mean, it's a massive showing for a film that's done by the group that have done The Chosen. Uh, it's a film that was partly crowdfunded. It was abandoned by its original producers and it's released by a small studio and will be the biggest grossing film um, in the US this week, I suspect. Now, why is it controversial? It, I mean, in one sense, I haven't seen it yet and I am going to see it so I can review it properly. But uh, the reviews I've read, it's a standard, you know, American action flick with the hero rescuing children from child prostitution and sex trafficking in South America. Why should that be controversial? Well, 
listen to this. How they find these kids is they lure them in by pretending to have a modeling agency. They target them at nine or 10 years old. And they were telling us that about by 11, they're ready for sex. They're ready to be sold. What is that like looking into that kind of person's eyes? It, it, it's horrifying and this is why. Because I've got a smile in the face of evil. Less than 24 hours after the operatives landed, the suspected traffickers arrived on the island, and the final deal with the undercover team began. 54 boys and girls aged 11 to 18 were ushered in for what had been billed as a sex party. They were given candy and drinks and told to wait in this small room. This, this little 11-year-old boy, I remember. He asked one of my operatives if they could give him some cocaine or something. That he said, they usually give me something because I'm really scared. By the time the deal was done, the alleged traffickers were set to make $25,000. That transaction was never completed. 25 Colombian special operatives stormed the party. Arresting five suspects, four men and one former beauty queen. That's a bit from a CBS News report from, I think it was 2016, which commended the same story, the same person for this film. Commended Tim Ballard. Now, and yet now, almost 10 years later, these same mainstream media are now questioning the story. Why? It puzzles me. The Garden, Guardian ran a piece. Now, I don't doubt that the story could be exaggerated. Nor do I think that just because something is in film that it's true. And nor, but the, the problem, I'll tell you what the problem is here. And I think the problem is what has changed. And I think this is where The Guardian condemns it. Not because The Guardian supports child trafficking, but because The Guardian is obsessed by its own politics. And the question of child trafficking is a QAnon thing, a big QAnon thing, the conspiracy theory thing. So basically, if we're against QAnon, then you might want to say, well, we don't want to give any credence to the question of child chi- trafficking. Now, that, that's a very simplistic way of looking at things. It really is. You know, it's a bit like me saying as a Christian minister that because for I'm, Christi- I'm for the Christian gospel, I don't want to give any credence to any reports which would show a Christian church behaving badly. That just is not logical. That doesn't make sense. It's not right. It's not truthful. And there is no question that child sex trafficking is massive. It's massive. And yet it seems as though people are more concerned, or some of these media people are more concerned about their political narrative than they are about the actual subject itself. So let's come on to think about the question of media and how things are reported. Now I listened to a program called The Moral Maze, and it was talking about this and it said one one someone from the BBC on it was was very very interesting. They talked about how there'd been a significant change, particularly in competition. So the temptation was to go for more clickbait and entertainment and more extremes. And I know, I know exactly what that means. Let me explain what that's like, what that is about. So many moons ago, I was asked to go on a television program to discuss alcohol, 
and the producer phoned me up and we arranged everything. It was to be a panel discussion on alcohol. And just at the end, she said to me, what are actually your views? And I said, oh, um, I said, if you, if it's not malt whiskey, it's blasphemy. And she laughed and she said, do you actually drink? I said, yeah. I said, I think the Bible teaches that uh, drunkenness is wrong. And there are some people who cannot and should not take drink because they have a tendency towards alcoholism. But the Bible also teaches that Jesus turned water into wine and that uh, uh, there's a Psalm, Psalm 104, which talks about giving thanks to God for the wine that makes glad the heart of a man. And in our communion, we take wine. So no, I'm not opposed to alcohol. And she said to me, oh, I'm so sorry. You can't come on the show. I said, why? She said, well, bottom line is you're too reasonable. I said, what, you wanted somebody in a dog collar to come on and scream at everyone that if they touched a drop of alcohol, they were going to hell. And she said, yeah, basically, that was it. Well, what a dreadful way, but you can see it. Another aspect of the media, and I did want to bring this in, and we, we mentioned it before about the uh, those in the submarine that went to the Titanic who died and the migrants who died on the ship. And there was again another discussion about whether this was shows a bias towards the rich. And, I, and to be honest, I don't think it did, although we are obsessed with celebrity culture. But there is another bias. If an African-American gets shot by a policeman, particularly if they're a white policeman, in America, it'll be news all over the Western world anyway. But what about the thousands of Nigerians who are killed every year because of their faith? Do those black lives not matter? See how media report things. So much of it depends on the agenda that they have. Anyway, let's come on to some of the world news. Uh, Biden visiting the UK, stumbling and looking doddery with King Charles. I remember when Trump did it and it was all over the newspapers. Biden doing it, nobody cares. Ukraine, I'm appalled at this next thing, that the US are now sending cluster bombs. When the war in Ukraine was only a few months old, Amnesty International published a report condemning the use of cluster musicians in Kharkiv by Russia. Noted that the weapons were banned by more than 100 countries and said they'd claimed hundreds of civilian victims. And there was rightly outrage against the use of these weapons. But now Biden has announced the US is going to deliver these very same weapons to the Ukraine to use. Now, there's, a, there's lots of problems in this. If cluster munitions are some sort of last resort, then Ukraine is in trouble. It looks as though that their advance, their attack, is not working. And although the US is not a signatory to the US, uh, to the 2008 Convention on Cluster Musicians, neither is Ukraine nor Russia, nonetheless, it is profoundly disturbing that these weapons are being provided. One other thing regarding Biden, Ben Wallace, the British Defence Secretary, was a, a suggestion for being the EU NATO Secretary General. And apparently Jill Biden has vetoed that because she wants a woman. And it looks like Ursula von der Leyen of the EU will become that. There's much more that could be said about that, but we shouldn't be choosing positions on the basis of gender or on the basis of, to be honest, 
American progressive politics. Speaking of which, the Dutch government has fallen. Ruta is, uh, has resigned uh, because, the, ironically, the, one of the key parties, the Christian party, refuses to go along with a harsher line on immigration. Fascinating. All right, let's do, um, I think, possibly the most beautiful national anthem in the world. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you know better. Let me know. But see if you can get this one. That is the Icelandic anthem, notorious for being extremely challenging to sing, and also in contemporary Iceland a bit controversial because it has a very strong Christian theme. O God of our land, O land of ours God, we praise your holy, holy name. Amongst other things in the lyrics, for to you one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years a day. I love the line, eternity's lone small flower with trembling tears that's worship its own God and dies. And there's a, a great line, um, O God of our land, O land of ours, God, we live as a fluttering, fluttering straw. We die if you are not that light and life that lifts us from the obs- obscurity. O be every morning our sweetest life, our leader in the trial of the days, and in the evenings our heavenly rest and our protection, and our commander on national life's path. May they become, he talks about islands, Iceland's thousand years, may they become a growing national life with decreasing tears that develop on God's kingdom's path. Oh, it's just, I think it's just gorgeous. Iceland, a land of 370,000 people, over 102,000 square kilometres. I think Scotland's about 80,000. Claims 70% Christian with 61% Church of Iceland, 25% no religion. But in reality, it's one of the most secular and atheistic countries in the world. But Iceland's in the news um, just as I'm recording this because a volcanic eruption south of the capital Reykjavik is sending plumes of smoke into the sky. Um, they've said it's a minor eruption, no ash has been emitted. But so far, there's been a 200-meter-long fissure on the slopes of the Little Rutur, I think, mountain, from which lava is emerging. Watch this space. Because here's the thing. We're going to say something about climate change, as we pretty well always do. But if there was a major volcanic eruption in Iceland, or indeed elsewhere, all our plans, re-climate change, are completely blown to smithereens. Anyway, here's a bit of music. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. 
Want to ride my bicycle? Bicycle. Um, now this this is the most extraordinary story. It really is. It makes you smile and it makes you weep. The socialist Spanish minister for the environment has gone to a climate change event, and she went in a private plane, and then a hundred meters before the venue, she got out of a car and took her bicycle, and her two security cars followed her. What is the point of cycling 100 metres on a bike to a venue? Well, the point is, it's for the camera. It's virtue signalling. It's saying you care about the environment. I I cycled to work this morning and I'll cycle back. So I'll cycle 30 kilometres today. I've saved taking my car. So I've saved something for the environment. And to be honest, that's part of a reason I do it, as well as to keep fit. Um, But this is just absolute hypocrisy. Or take this, J.P. Morgan, the the great merchant bankers, under the guise of net zero, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Bank has said that governments must seize private land and property to build solar and will wind farms. Solar and wind farms that his bank will profit from. I've got a different idea. Why don't governments seize the land and property of J.P. Morgan and use that to help the poor and to help the climate? Just a thought. Uh, Let's look at just uh, some of the technology things. Now, we mentioned France last week. Macron has said this, when things get out of hand, we may have to regulate them or cut social networks off. Um, And basically, they are proposing that they censor all, they're blaming social media for the riots, which is, I think, somewhat ridiculous. At the same time, the Macron government has passed a new law allowing people to spy on people, allowing police rather, to spy on people by secretly taking control of their phones and laptop computers and activating the microphone, camera and GPS. You get what they're saying? They can switch on your phone so they can record your conversation. Uh, Another interesting thing in the world of technology is Threads, a clone of Twitter, which has been set up by Meta. And uh, Twitter are threatening to sue them for stealing some of their stuff. Uh, The BBC, of course, hate Twitter. Um, And so they're saying this this is great. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I'm just smiling at this because it's so, so, so predictable. The, the Twitterati, the, what I would call the left-wing progressives, they are desperate to have a tweeting platform that, in effect, only allows their views and censors everyone else. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, Threads, by the way, has got about 100 million subscribers in its first week, which in one sense is very impressive, but in another, because it's directly linked to Instagram, uh, we'll wait and see. I certainly won't be joining it, purely and simply, because... 
I don't want to be in Mark Zuckerberg's safe space and I don't want to be censored for speaking Christian truth. Speaking of which, let's go to the woke world and let's go to the Netherlands again. Miss Nederland 2023, Ricky! Yeah, of course, Miss Netherlands, won by a man. I mean, I'm not quite sure what the point of Miss whatever country is, but I think it does have something to do with beauty. If you look at the the, the female contestant and then the man who actually won it claiming to be a woman, uh, it's, it's like no contest. But of course, this is all about virtue signaling, isn't it? And then, hear this. I was going to come here and be really fluffy and be really nice and say, yeah, be really lovely and queer and gay. No, if you see a turf, punch him in the f***ing face. It's extraordinary that uh, a man who now claims to be Sarah James Baker, who's a convicted kidnapper and torturer, was on the trans pride stage in London threatening violence and it is reposted by trans pride and it is defended by people and excused by people like Peter Tatchell. Meanwhile, here in Australia, we have this. I'm 10. When I was younger, I just didn't feel right and everything felt wrong. I like saw girls with hairbrushes and like Barbies and like them having cool long hair. I'm like, ooh, I want that hair. I'd like that dress. I knew that I wanted to be a girl and I was a girl, but I didn't really know what to say or how to say it or if it was true. I remember this day, I was playing with my big sister. We were playing a game and something felt wrong. And I just said to her, I'm a girl and that's who I am. It made me feel kind of nervous that like people wouldn't accept me for who I was because they've always known me as a boy. My friends and my family were very acceptant and I don't know if they really knew what I was going through. I want them to see me as a proud transgender girl, but not always to think, oh, you're trans, but like to say, I'm a girl and that's who I am and that's who I will always be. I'll be on puberty blockers soon and that's just going to be like pausing really my body. Yep, that's Australia's state broadcaster making a cartoon promoting paediatric sex change and puberty blockers for a 10-year-old. God have mercy. Also in Australia, uh, Murray Campbell, I'll put a link to this article as with uh, all the other stories. Murray Campbell, Baptist minister down in Melbourne, has written an excellent article about a local high school introducing a puffer jacket for students, which is because Melbourne's cold and Sydney's cold just now. I'm sitting here with my hoodie on. Uh, and this Cheltenham Second College have introduced one, allowed kids to wear one as a school uniform. Fantastic, except that the new jacket has a new uniform policy with the Aboriginal flag on one sleeve and the grey plaid flag on the other. And if you don't wear them, then you, if you take these flags off, 
then you're in breach of school uniform and you will be in trouble. That's the only jacket they are allowed to wear. So you either wear these symbols or you go cold. Who said schools weren't about indoctrination? And then a little bit of sport. Congratulations to England winning one game. And let me just mention, the only off-putting thing about that whole game was the virtue signalling going on there too with the rainbow stumps and the England captain, Joe Root, saying, we want to be inclusive by having rainbow stumps. Joe, that's not how it works. If only life was that easy. Let's have a wee bit of music. Um, This is something from perhaps the greatest live performance ever. That is The Who at the Concert for New York. No one knows what it's like to feel these feelings Like I do I blame you No one backs back his heart on their anger None of my people can show through But my dreams They are as empty As my conscience seems to be I have That was Behind Blue Eyes, Roger Daltrey's favourite song. Now I play that because The Who I've just had a concert in Edinburgh and one of you uh, wrote from Edinburgh to say you'd been there and they s- you said it was great. The reviews were great. It was done with an, an orchestra. I mean, I don't know how old they are. They must be late 70s. Uh, I saw them in Edinburgh, actually, and it was totally, totally brilliant. But you're talking, I saw them in 1981, I think. So, And they were old then. Um, We've been doing the top 20 children's book as chosen by children's experts. This is number seven. Aslan, we need your help. I know, but understand, the future of Narnia rests on your courage. If it's a war Aslan wants, it's a war he shall get. Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Um, Nothing more to say about it except to say it is an absolute genius of a book, the whole series. Um, the Last Battle, for me, is one of my favourite books ever. Let's say a little about the church before we go. Uh, Patrick West in The Spectator has an excellent article about the comments of the Archbishop of York, Stephen Cotterell, saying that the opening lines to the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, might be problematic owing to their patriarchal connotations. Uh 
Patrick West points out, problematic really has become a word that encapsulates a new popular moral code. After all, no one wants to appear openly judgmental these, these days. But we live in a society which has an increasingly authoritarian ideology. And sadly, some church leaders reflect that, not least the Archbishop of York and the Archbishop of Canterbury. But the news is not all bad about the church in the UK. Um, there was this lovely YouTube, I'm going to put a link to it, from just an, an ordinary church in Wales. Uh, and this was the, from the Nodfa Gospel Night. Just listen to a bit of this. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. God is at work amongst ordinary people. The great and good hierarchies, uh, I, I don't know. Anyway, that was just a wonderful thing. Um, before I go, let me say that, uh, well, in fact, let me play you this. the who it's a song called the seeker i cite it in my new book seek which is now out this week and um i was going to do the first question but i think we've run out of time so we'll do that next week i'm going to try and do a question from the book every week but if you want to get it feel free to do so it's for people who are seeking for answers basically for everything but above all for seeking for the answer jesus christ let me leave you with this final song. I've been, we've been doing a series of scripture and secular songs. This is one of the best. I waited patiently for the Lord, inclined and had my cry. He lifted me up out of the pit, out of the miry clay. I will sing, sing a new song. I will sing, sing a new song. I had a friend who was a roadie, came back from Dublin in the late 1970s and said, you have got to hear this, Dave, you would love it. They finished their concert by singing a psalm. And I thought, no way. But they did. It's U2's 40. 
Uh, it's how they used to finish most of their concerts. This is the new version from the new album, Songs of Surrender, and I think it's a really beautiful version. Sing this song. Folks, we're waiting for the Lord. We're waiting for him to act. We're waiting for him to come. How long, O Lord? It's a great prayer. In a world of sex trafficking and people seeking to excuse it, in a world of hypocrisy, in a world of violence and cluster bombs, how long, O Lord? But it's a world also which the Lord will redeem and which the Lord is at work. Thanks to Peter for producing this. Thanks to those of you who help through the Podbean fundraiser. Support it. Please feel free to do so. Please feel free to review. Please feel free to comment, send me, send me anything you want, any information, questions, criticisms. Feel free to do that. Join us again next week. And if you do enjoy this podcast, please do pass it on to others. God bless you and see you then. Bye. How long to sing this song? How long to sing this song? Sing a new song